Hello, everybody. Hey, I'm Matt. I'm Zach. And this is MZ Car Guys. Uh, just to keep it really simple this time, we're MZ Car Guys on all social media. <laughs> yes, yes, we are. Matt, Zach, Car Guys on all social media that we currently are on. Which is most. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, uh, Matt, what would you like to talk about today? Um, I'd like to talk about those crazy Koreans. Dear heavens, what a wonderful subject to talk about. And it's kind of interesting how the rise of South Korea, because I think we should be a little bit uh, more specific, um, is, is, is really similar in, in a way to um, how the Japanese were able to kind of come to uh, their position at, you know, at, as they are in the car world during the early 90s. Only I want to say, I think the South Koreans are doing it better. What do you think, Matt? Uh, the, I, I don't think the quality is there yet. I don't know. I mean, because you, know, you look, you look at the new, um, uh, the new uh, class action lawsuit that was just filed um, by by Kia's customers, because they say that there have been multiple safety system failures on the same vehicle. I don't have details in front of me, unfortunately. Just you know, it doesn't sit right. I I I almost want to say because I think if you if you take a look at the maybe the Japanese cars of, and we always like to think of, you know, Toyota and uh, Honda, um, you know, and what, you know, what Nissan used to be and what Mitsubishi used to be. Um, I don't think you can, I'm not sure the reliability of those per se, um, you know that that if they had the same scrutiny um, today, you know I I I I don't know if they would, you know, what I'm trying to say, maybe possibly. So the idea is that if the Japanese were making their '90s cars today, you're not sure that the uh, that the scrutiny leveled on them by levied on them by early 21st century car journalists would fare much better than what the Koreans are getting now. I, I think so. I think so. Cause let, let's take, um, let's take Honda for instance, you know, uh, Honda is, you know, they, they've always really been really focused in on their, you know, their, their, their engineering, you know, you know, kind of almost to the, detriment of the personality so to speak um but i i you know you, you had the accord which was always you know just you know th- their flagship car but then you have the the civic and some of its iterations like we like to think of the civic crx as this kind of storied car and stuff you know, and, and not really realizing that they had a lot of problems with like vacuum advance, 
and so forth. Um, and, and before VTech, you know, there, it was, you know, some of their intake systems weren't as, as let's just say as good um, as, as what they are now. So, yeah, yeah I mean, uh, the, 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 uh, the B, the B series engines were nothing to, you know, crow about. Um, the, the F series engines were better, but. Uh, oh, by far. And the K yeah. series, of course. Well, let's not let's not beat a dead horse with my love for the K series. Um, oh, it's but, um, it's creepy sometimes, Matt. I have to say, it is creepy sometimes. <laughs> well, you know the, the 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 thing I think that everyone forgets too is that the, the J series uh, six cylinders are a pretty special in and of themselves. Um, yeah. But anyway, um, getting back to the Koreans for a second. So, uh, real quick. Uh, you and I had been talking um, off mic earlier about about this whole Kia Hyundai thing because it's really, I mean, it's almost incestuous in a business sense of the word, where you know you almost have the same car coming out under two different names, one with a Kia badge, one with a Hyundai badge, and then on top of that you throw in the new Genesis line, which is um, you know accurate to, to accurate to Honda, uh, and it gets even more confusing. So. Um, well, and, and, and I have a question about that. Yeah. Would you make the connection the Genesis is Acura for Honda? Or would you say that the Genesis is Infinity for Nissan? At the moment, I don't think the public has any perception that there's much difference. Okay. There are people who don't know that Lexus is the is a luxury brand of Toyota. I've met well, I mean, but you know, there's I not, think if we give our give our audience the benefit of the doubt, I mean, I, part part of what works in, in Toyota's favor in that regard is the fact that they have not one but two rear wheel drive platforms for the Lexus that simply don't exist in any Toyota sold in the U.S. Um, the GS and the LS. So yeah, I mean, that definitely helps you know, break the myth of, you know, how Lexus is just a fancy Toyota, but you look at every single car that uh, Acura and and Infiniti put out, and with the exception of the NSX, every one of them is a fancier version of their mainstream counterpart. Yeah, yeah. Um, Okay, so I guess guess in in that way, you could could make that connection Hyundai to, to Genesis. The G70... That just won Motor Trend Car of the Year. Yeah, fantastic car. Yeah, is a is a is a fancier Kia Stinger. Um, you know, there's also a great car. Yeah, they 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 changed the wheelbase a bit, and you know, and they and they gussied up the interior and this and that. But but it's clearly, you know, as much as an Accord is a Pilot or uh, a Camry is a Highlander, or is an RX, it's all the it's all the same car. Um, yeah, for and, and at the base bones of it, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, similar, even similar engines and all that. The same three point three liter uh, twin turbo is used in both top and model. Um, okay, so as of de- December two thousand fifteen, the Kia Motor Corporation is minority owned by Hyundai, which has an approximate thirty four percent stake, valued at about six billion dollars. Kia, in turn, is a minority owner of more than twenty Hyundai subsidiaries ranging from from 4.9% in some companies up to 45.3% in others. 
totaling an $8.3 billion stake in the other company. Yeah. So there's a lot of overlap. Yeah. Well, um, I just, I, I, go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. Kia started out um, in 1944 um, and built Korea's first domestic bicycle in 1951. So, um, oh, and they later built Honda licensed small motorcycles starting in 1957. Kia, sorry, Mazda licensed trucks in the early 60s and cars in the early 70s. It uh, fascinates me. And, and, and I know this is completely so, off subject and probably completely boring, but it really fascinates me how many automotive manufacturers have their history in bicycles. Like who? Well, I mean, you have, say, BMW. And both BMW and Honda first came about by attaching just these gasoline engines to bicycle frames. Hmm. I wasn't aware of that. Yeah. You know, so it's, uh, it's, it's, it's interesting how many of them started off in this way. Interesting. So, yeah, that makes, I mean, it, it kind of makes sense. Um, yeah. I mean the uh, even the I mean the Model T essentially uses bicycle size wheels. Even though it's not well, yeah, off and, and chain drive. A lot of your early manu you know, a lot of the turn of the century um, you know, automotive, you know, uh drivetrains were chain were chain driven. Um, yeah. um, almost exclusively. You know, the whole yeah, idea yeah. of a prop shaft was just craziness. And uh, Honda's first car. Really, that one I didn't know. Yeah. Um, the N six hundred. I think it was the one before that. Okay. Uh, might have been the T thirty seven truck. Okay, that makes sense. That was a really, really, really small vehicle. Yeah, I, I yeah. mean, it made, it made K cars look powerful. Um, yeah. But I have to say, I mean, because when we're talking like mid 60s here, so really far back. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, and I, I just, you know, and they, they have this history, you know, going all the way back, you know, because Kia goes back to 1944, you know, Hyundai goes back to. Oh, sorry, I was on Kia. Um, I'm, I'm looking all this up on Wikipedia, you know, because it's the most accurate. <laughs> um, well, Hyundai, the company started off in 1947, um, about the same time as Kia. Yeah, yeah. So making making um, automotive, you know, making automotive. Well, it's 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 amazing how many you know how many companies came out of you know the end of World War II. I mean, you yeah. have Kia, you have Hyundai, uh, you really have um, uh, Honda. Um, you have BMW. Um, right, they came out of uh, airplanes. Yeah, yeah, manufacturing cool. airplane stuff, which is where the the uh, the 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 symbolism for the roundel, the little emblem on on a BMW, comes from and stuff. Right. But getting right. getting back to the Koreans, it's interesting because you when you and I grew up, um, you know, many many hundreds of years ago. 
Um, you know, when Kia and and, Han, and and Hyundai, and I know I'm butchering Hyundai's my 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 brother-in-law who lived in you know in a, in in South Korea for you know a couple of years, he, he can actually say it. And every single time he says it, I try to say it. You know, I you know repeating after him exactly how he says it, and and I just to see the look on his face of just pain. So, anyways, we'll, but we'll just go with the with the Americanized Hyundai. To be fair to you, a couple of years ago, or several years ago now, the Hyundai marketing team actually came to the American companies and the dealers specifically and said, we want you to pronounce it like Sunday, but with an H. Really? I wasn't aware yeah. of that. Thank Just goodness. Make it for the average American to figure it out. Ah, oh, thank goodness. It is Hyundai. Hyundai. He, 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 almost, he almost like Hyundai. Yeah, it's is, 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 is almost as. Anyways, so good. Hyundai. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, but when they first came to the United States, they were billed as, you know, the 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 cheap and cheerful, kind of you know just absolute least expensive car you could get. And for all intents and purposes, they were. And they they really just kind of stayed there. They reliability was kind of so so. You know, I mean, it it was you know it was designed and built as as a as an inexpensive disposable kind of car, kind of a thing. And and that's what they built them for. But when and I want to say it was like right around 2000 um you know they, they kind of made the the switch where they said you know what we need to you know er- everything is going better quality people are you know people are flocking more towards you know the the honda and the toyota and you know and and and, and less you know, and, and less of, you know, the Nissan and, and, uh, and the Mitsubishi. And, and I think the, the, the Koreans made the proper decision to, to make the change of we need to improve our products. And, and, and they did, um, you know, with the, uh, the I think the Kia uh, Armani was was like the was I think it was like their their first foray into oh hey this is a little bit something more and I think that's also when they came out with their ten year one hundred thousand mile drivetrain warranty because they had to do something to kind of say hey we're no longer making crap you know what I mean. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, the uh, let's see. In 1992, that was the first year they added free maintenance for two years or 25,000 miles to all those new cars sold. Um, and then it also phased in a 10-year, 100,000 mile powertrain warranty, not a full car warranty. Yeah, yeah. Non-factory yeah, to the second owner. But it took. Uh, the better part of 10 years for sales to increase. Uh, and it, in 2004, they saw the first big jump in sales, which is also when they completed 
a major plant in America that cost well over a billion dollars, one point seven billion. Yeah. Well, it was also in two thousand four that uh, I believe Hyundai tied Honda for initial brand quality uh, for JD Power and Associates, which is. Uh, uh, have that in front of me, and it was 06, so you were close. Okay. But, yeah, but I mean, you know, it's it's it's, it's interesting, you know, because it's, it's one thing to have... What's up? Matt? Talk for a minute, Zach. I got to step away from the podcast. Okay, not a problem. So, anyways, so yeah, like I was trying to say before, you know, yeah, you know, it's round about that time that they that they went to, um, you know, the better thing because there is a difference between, you know, having a good quality vehicle and the customer's perception of it. And, and that's really, you know, when you get into these J.D. Power and Associates, Consumer Reports, um, and, and, and other stuff like that, it's, it, you're, what you're really doing is, is you're polling the, uh, the general public on what their perception mobile is. Um, take, for instance, Honda. Honda, back in, I think, 2013, went to a, a touchscreen audio system. And the, uh, the actual physical system itself for its time was a pretty decent system. You know, it wasn't great, but it was a pretty decent system. But because they didn't implement the, um, a, a, real, uh, a, a real public, um, you know, training, they didn't train their sales staff um, right away to, you know, they didn't push them to, really train their you know their, their clientele on how to use these products and so what happened was is you had um it, they got really hit for initial quality on the inside of the vehicle not because there was anything wrong with the actual uh you know the actual product itself but the um Yeah, nothing wrong with the actual product itself. Um, but the uh, sorry about that. I'm kind of hearing interesting thing. Uh, but yeah, but nothing wrong with the actual product itself. Um, but the uh, just the customer's perception of it because because they couldn't figure out how to use it or how it actually worked. That way, you know, the customer thought that it was you know, a bad thing. They didn't understand. They didn't know. So, so yeah, so, so Honda is our, so, so Hyundai's uh, and Kia's ability to like transcend that, that public perception of, you know, cheap and not very good um, is, uh, is, is quite impressive in, in how they've been able to do that. Um, Now it's, it's kind of interesting, you know, when with with Kia itself, um, because Kia's had a couple of really um, somewhat successful kind of vehicles, but I think Kia's Kia's real 
success. I, I think their first major, uh, you know, United States or, or American breakthrough uh, would probably have to be the Kia Soul, and oh. and and their ability to uh, their ability to really kind of put this thing together so that the Kia Soul could come out as the the little happy car with a lot of cargo space in the back of it and um and 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 almost kind of uh be able to replicate what uh toyota was able to do with the scion xb um which i think is is quite an accomplishment you know when, when you kind of take a look at it like that and as history has shown they've done it better than the scion xb because my xb is dead um, and you, you, you can't deny, I mean, you, we can talk all day about whether it was, um, you know, fun or appropriate or whatever, but the hamster commercial is memorable. And that counts oh, for gosh, those hamsters. And they've been in that they, it, it wasn't, it wasn't just a little short thing with those hamsters. They've been able to really make that into, um, just a whole marketing campaign that has got some real longevity to it. It's, it's, it's really, really impressive. Um, you know, you're talking about a vehicle that's um, a foot and a half shorter than, uh, say, uh, a Pacific or a Corolla or something that size. And it's got a ton of room inside. You can get them with 200 horsepower, which is the same horsepower than like a Civic Si or uh, like a... Anyway, 200 horsepower to the front wheels. It's, Damn impressive. Um, and you can get a full electric one. Yeah, and that full electric, I mean, it's got a decent amount of range to it. I mean, I mean, the new one that they just came out with, um, which I would say is good. I mean, looks good. You know what I mean? Yeah, well, no, absolutely. Um, let's see. They are, the battery is 30 kilowatt hours, so that's they're they're claiming 110 miles. Well, no, I was actually going to talk about the uh, the brand new one that they just uh, that they just unveiled. I think the 2020, right? Okay. Look at the 19. So let me. Yeah, yeah, the 2020. Um, with a target. range of 233 miles. Three miles. With a 200 horsepower electric motor. Yeah, I mean that's that's cool. Hey, you're 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 playing in Elon's territory now. You really are, and it looks fantastic. It does. It, it absolutely does. I mean, the back end's kind of yeah, but that front well, end. But the Kia Soul back end has always been kind of meh. So you can't yeah. forgive them. The only thing I cannot forgive the Kia Soul for is the stupid trim level names. I know the plus and the whatever. Okay, it's, so it's yeah. base, which okay, base, right? Respect. Then the plus, which is a plus sign, and then it's an exclamation mark, and it's called the exclaim. Yeah, but uh, it's I I can't quite fault them for that. I mean, honestly, because it's you know it's. They have, they're advertised with hamsters. I mean, yeah, come but, 
you know, it's it's even to me it's even worse than the Prius, which is currently numbered just numbered one two three four. And to get worse than that, that's that's pretty hard to do. Yeah. That's, but I mean, I mean, we we do live in a world now, Matt. And we have to understand this. We do live in a world now, Matt, which, you know, has, you know, Honda now has a sport edition for almost all of, uh, you know, almost all of its, uh, you know, lineups. So, you know, having a plus and an exclamation point, yeah. Okay, I can, I can kind of be there with that. But you know, we we would be remiss if we didn't if we didn't bring up the fact that the by all by all accounts that the the Stinger and especially the Stinger GT is a fantastic car. It is, it is. You know, I mean, you know, it's just, you know, now if they can actually do something, because I, I I was talking with somebody actually the other day. And uh, I had forgotten that Kia made a minivan still. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Right? 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 So, yeah, it's kind of a, yeah, what? (laughs) I forgot. Yeah, Sedona. That's it. Yeah, yeah, Kia Sedona and stuff. Um, yeah, and like, they still make their and they still make the Rios. What is the so, Rio? Is that, is that the uh, um, is that the subcompact? Little, yeah, it's their subcompact uh, sedan and hatchback. Okay. Yeah, they uh, they they start off at about fifteen thousand ish. That's respectable. Oh yeah, it's the kind of thing that if GM made it, they would have killed it by now. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> kind of proud of myself for that um yeah no the uh, the sedona is the the minivan for people who can't afford a better minivan yeah but don't want to buy a dodge <laughs> sorry think, plymouth plymouth dodge caravan is actually on its way out yeah i know i'm really hoping i think 18 was the last year um i'm trying to get information on that to confirm um no 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 they're saying they're still making it yeah that's a crime but i do have to say and i'm gonna i'm kind of you know you know switch gears here and kind of go to the uh you know go to hyundai i mean hyundai's lineup is quite possibly one of the one of the most it's just competitive i would think out there i mean i mean you know they, they haven't knocked off you know you know honda or toyota you know yet but i i think if 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 honda and toyota don't don't keep an eye out don't don't you know the because the way that you know and 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 toyota i think has just recently kind of come to their senses almost but for a while, Toyota, you know, for a span of about five, six years or something like that, Toyota kind of rested on their laurels a little bit with their vehicles. Yeah. 
Well, you know, that's why they have to kill off the Corolla a year early um, because it was just, the current one is just, well, frankly, it's awful compared to the competition. It's not that it's a bad car. It's also just an car. But compared to the competition, it is really just kind of sad, especially the upper trim level. Well, it's, uh, I, I, I'd almost have to, the worst the, the, the worst insult I could ever give a car is that it's forgettable. Yeah. And, and to me, even though, you know, you have, you know, the, you know, the, the, the Hyundai Accent and the Hyundai Elantra and the Sonata, the one thing you cannot say about the Accent um Okay, maybe not the accent, but let's say you know, like like the uh, the the Elantra, basically the Elantra that competes directly with, um, you know, the uh, the the Civic and the Corolla, um, and the Chevy Cruze, uh, rest in peace, is, um, you know, I, the the Elantra, it's a good looking car. It is. They. You know, they, they did a very good job of giving it some nice sharp angles and so forth and so on. Yeah, that's a good looking part of Yeah. You know, so you know, I, I, I think you gotta give, you know, both Hyundai and Kia. Now Kia I, I think there's I think what they're trying to do is they're still trying to have Kia be, you know, kind of like the lesser expensive, you know, of it. You know what I mean? Right interrupt you for a second because the, the only thing working directly against that is that weirdo cadenza the what the cadenza it's a, oh, premium, cadenza. It's, a it's a it's a it's a premium full-size sedan yeah yeah you know the base, the base model is called premium and the top level is called limited i mean you know and it ranges it starts at 33 and tops out at 44 45,000. Yeah. Yeah, I mean I mean I, I think I think Kia would definitely benefit from, you know, from a little bit of a lineup cleanup, you know, because tell me what the difference is between Cadenza and the K900. You know, uh, and why in the world do you have, you know, Rio, Forte, Optima, Stinger, Cadenza and then now you have K900. Yeah. <laughs> you know, K900 almost like a designation for, uh, you know, one of the Terminators. Well, yeah, you I was, was going to say like uh, something specifically made to transport police dogs. Well, and I mean, and the reality is, is that the K900 is so, it, it, it's so just, it's, it's almost like a Sesame Street, you know, song of, you know, one of these things just doesn't belong here. You know, I mean, I mean, really, are you going to pay $60,000 for a Kia? Well, I mean, there's a reason why Hyundai split Genesis off and created its own, you know, kind of separate thing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, uh, so the engine in the Cadenza is a non-turbo version of the Stinger GT engine, the 3.3 liter V6. And that makes sense, you know, that, that the, 
I mean, it's. I mean, I, I think actually the the Stinger and the Cadenza are ba both the basically on kind of the same platform. It's just the Stinger is designed for rear drive. I think. I think one's front and one's rear. I'll have to look into it. Yeah. But, uh, but anyway, is uh, a rear wheel drive. Um, oh my gosh, it's heavy. Forty seven hundred uh, pounds. Um, Forty seven hundred pounds. Are you kidding me? Or a five liter V8. So that's a big, big porker. For a non electric car, that's insane. That's that's more than, uh, or that's about the same weight as an S Class. Wow. That's a heavy freaking car. That's a heavy freaking car. Now, I do have to say, I'm really kind of curious as to. Um, the uh, the new Palisade, the new Hyundai Palisade. And, and I have to say this. I absolutely have to say this. Bravo to both Kia and Hyundai for sticking with names for their cars. Yeah, true, true. Because, and I, and I, yeah, K900, whatever. But nothing frustrates me more because here's this here's this automobile this this huge piece of mechanical engineering that you've put literally millions of dollars into and and just you know and, and blood sweat and tears into the creation and bringing this thing forth into the world and the world will know it by numbers and letters Really? Yeah. You're not going to like, like, like when I say Palisade or Veloster or Kona, that, that, you know, e even Sonata, you're, it's, it, it brings something, it, it brings a feeling to, you know, to you. Um, it's, uh, it's one of the biggest problems that I have with, with Cadillac because you had the Sedan DeVille. You had the Coupe DeVille. You know? You, you had some you had you had something that had a name to it. You know, that kind of gave it this essence of something like that. You know, you know, it's it's one of the things that, you know, Honda kind of got away from and and uh, and, and Toyota sort of kind of got away from you know toyota's been a little bit better about it you know than honda you know but honda's gone to hrv crv you know and it's like really you know so anyways but yeah but kudos to them for you know sticking with it now speaking yeah. of that velocity yeah go ahead sorry. that um the palisade just finish up on the palisade for a second is that car circles back to our suv uh discussion weeks ago because oh yeah, are, yeah yeah that's because they are the third company this year this calendar year to introduce a brand new three row suv yeah and i'm kind of curious because it looks i I'm, i don't have any real specs on it um but it looks like it's it it may be slightly larger than some of its competition 
I mean, I know it's still a mid-sized three-row SUV, and all of the uh, the uh, the the you know stumbling that comes along with that. But um, you know, I I think it's you know it it could be a real contender if they you know kind of put as much effort into there uh, as possible. You know, and they've had a lot of you know, kind of a lot of uh, a lot of things, you know, a lot of competition to kind of draw from. You know, they've they've given it a nice muscular stance and that kind of a thing. You know, in in a, in a world of you know of, of other midsize SUVs that are you know kind of minivan like. Look at you, pilot. <laughs> so I just looked it up, and the the same length as the pilot. Um, and three inches shorter than a Mazda CX-9. Um, 196. It's two inches shorter than a Ford Explorer. And let's look at the Toyota Highlander while we're here. Well, the Highlander is shorter than a Pilot, so we know it. Yeah. Highlander is um, seven inches shorter than a uh, CX-9, 192 and a half. Yeah, but the CX-9 is mostly hood. Yeah, it's a lot of hood. I mean, it's, I mean, you know, as, as nice as that vehicle may look, which I think, you know, the, 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 the Mazda CX-9 is probably, in my own personal opinion, it's probably that and the MX-5 are probably the best, uh, you know, iteration of the... Um, uh, uh, the 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 Kodo design philosophy, if you will, but it still means that you know it it the the CX nine. If you just kind of glance at it, it almost looks like a hood with a pair of seats attached to the back of it. So the uh, Subaru Ascent is also the same length as the CX nine. Yeah, but remember that I when when in our in our little walk around of uh, the. Uh, the, the San Francisco auto show at the Moscone center. When I sat in the Subaru ascent, it was kind of cheap in there. I was really shocked by, by how it, you know, uh, I, I would have expected more from Subaru. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. This is, this you know, is the brand that's had month over month sales increases for, for 84 straight months. Really? Oh my gosh. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and, and not only that, but, you know, they just came out with the new Subaru Forester, which is a fantastic vehicle on the inside of that thing. It's amazing. It's amazing. The, the, uh, the, the improvements and stuff like that. And then when you sit in the, the Subaru Ascent, you're just like, what in the world, you know? So anyways, but yeah, but I mean, you know, it's just, uh, you know, it's just the, you know, not, 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 not to beat a dead horse, but I, I, I really kind of think that in, in maybe 20 years, maybe sooner, you, you're going to see the, the, the world that we're in right now, which is really kind of ruled by, you know, Toyota is the top dog, you know, followed really kind of closely-ish by, Honda, you know, in, in, in where everything is, is, 
you know, in the, in the midline automotive world, I think you could really see potentially Hyundai and Kia kind of taking over. I hear you. I, I disagree. I think what you'll see is a lot more parity where you'll see um, as the competition increases, I think you'll see things like, uh, like right now, the Civic is indisputably the best compact car for the money in the world. Right. Even though it's actually the smallest mid-sized car you can buy. Semantics. Um, yeah. So, so I think what you'll see is you'll see one company will have a great car one year in that category. And then two or three years from now, somebody else will leapfrog it. Right. And so in the year 2018 to 2020, the Civic is on top. And then in 2021, Kia is on top. And, and that kind of thing, where it's, it becomes more of a four-horse race rather than a two-horse race. If you want quality and value in one vehicle, instead of being Honda and Toyota, I think it'll be the four Asian companies together. Um, leapfrogging. Which, which I which I've, I, I, I look forward to that. Yeah. Really honestly look forward to that. Because it means that it's going gonna, it's gonna to liven things up. And hopefully it'll wake up, you know, the other companies. It'll hopefully it'll wake up Volkswagen. Hopefully it'll wake up General Motors and Ford. You know, to really kind of, you know, okay, bring your A game. And who knows? You know, Nissan's kind of clawing their way back a little bit. And uh, I guess they, they, these Nissan's got so many problems. Yeah. The, yeah. the R35 GTR is ancient. The, the, the Venza is nothing but a, but a rental car, you know, darling. Um, the, the Pathfinder fell off from, from the pilot and Highlander years ago, and there's no way they can claw the way back now. They have arguably the least interesting, least compelling, um, least luxurious uh, luxury line in the world. I don't. I'm trying to think of anything with a Nissan badge that I would want to own. And the best thing I could say is get a GTR Nismo as a track toy. That's it. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. And it's car and go. You know, I'd have a lot of fun going really fast, but that's a Well, I think, you know, I think you could find better track cars, honestly. Well, you kind of making my point for me. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, Anyways, but uh, so to kind of close this out, um, you know, good on you, Hyundai and Kia for really kind of stepping it up. And, uh, and I think winning the trophy of the most improved over the last 30 years. Would you say that, Matt? Absolutely. I think that's 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 very fair. Um, and uh, granted, you guys had a long way to go. Um, the the warranty the warranty was brilliant because what the warranty did was the warranty gave people the peace of mind that they weren't going to be buying a crap can. And that's what it takes. It takes a it takes a company sticking their neck out and saying, "Look, we know it's going to be fine, and here's the proof." Because we're going to take care of you if it's not, and then people said, "Oh, yeah, five grand less, huh?" 
Maybe I should take another look. Yeah. Now, my only caveat to all of this, to everything that we've said about these two car companies is this. I think you can go too crazy. With? Because I think if you... You know, like, like, like I was saying before, I, I think, you know, Kia needs to, you know, really kind of pare down their lineup, really kind of focus their, their, their attention on different things. Uh, I think they need to really kind of improve their, their base models. Maybe not to, you know, an, an insane level. Not not the Japanese standards necessarily, but yeah, well, I I don't think I, I I think you could easily kind of you know you're already kind of getting there you know Hyundai's got you know you now have the Kona and you know some of the other stuff you know then you know it, it's kind of you're able to kind of move forward a little bit you know Kia has really kind of stuck with their Kia Soul, uh, which I think is is a very important thing. Um, but I think if they if they can do some stuff with say like the Forte, um, and 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 put a little bit more, you know, a little bit more into say like their uh, you know their their Kia Sportage, and their and their Optima, while maintaining, you know, some of their upper models stuff like that, I think they'll do good. But if they continue to you know, kind of go crazy a little bit um, or, or if, they, if they go into the world of craziness, I think that could come back to bite them. Um, like I, I do like the idea of the Veloster N, but oh, yeah. I almost wish that they had maybe done something with say like the, the Elantra instead with an n and therefore now you're playing in the right sandbox with the right shovel you know what i mean i mean the veloster n is essentially trying to compete with the the tie bars of the world um and apparently does a, a, a very presentable job of it and then they have uh shoot i can't think of what it's called r spec maybe their mid-level, which is like sort of um, SI or, you know, sporty but not sports car. But I'm, I'm looking over the specs for the Kia Forte right now and the it's pretty impressive. The uh, trim levels, the top top trim of the Forte is roughly, is, is only about a grand more than a base model Civic LX. And it has slightly yeah. less power and comparable gas mileage. So, if if the Koreans yeah. are known, I'm finish out with this maybe, which is if the Koreans have become known for one thing in the U.S. that I've seen, as in general, which is giving you a whole lot of luxury electronic style features, whether that's heated seats, ventilated seats, power on both sides, probably that sort of thing. Yeah, on a car that's a whole lot less expensive than anybody else can compete with. And they've done a really good job at it. They were the first ones to have Apple CarPlay and Android Auto in any of their cars. Uh, yep. In the US. Uh, you know, I had a lady one point, I was 
random conversation and she was talking asking about you know some some other hybrid or something and she said well does it have heated and vent and vent and cooled seats i said no well but my hyundai does so why should i switch like okay that's a really good question (laughs) yeah so there's there's definitely that side of it and i think they will continue to grow that part of the market part of the market that wants to be cosseted at a lower price and uh, you know have that have instead of having the dynamic driving experience have the pampered driving experience yeah absolutely all right well matt i think we've uh i think we've done this uh thank you guys very much we are mz car guys uh you can find us at instagram um face uh or youtube and uh and twitter um and also on uh at anchor.fm forward slash mz car guys uh, you can find us at mzcarguys at gmail.com. Uh, and if you have any questions or if you have any advice for us or if you just want to reach out and touch base with us, we'd love to interact with our uh, audience. Um, and, uh, yeah, thank you very much, Matt. All right. We'll see you next time. All right. Vroom, vroom.